morning. My voice is going to be a little uh, rough this morning for some reason. I don't know why. I laid out too late last night. I pulled in the driveway at 4 o'clock. So what a, what a good time to get home anyway, right? Uh, I don't know whose this is. It's probably Albies or Dusty's from maybe youth. It's like their Desco account and their uh, password. So if anybody would like Dusty and Albies. <laughs> yeah, I'll, it's for sale. We'll auction it off. It'd be good. So, uh, yeah. So I'll put that in my pocket for safekeeping. That way I can log in when I get home. Um, <laughs> uh, happy for So glad you're here with us this morning. Uh, we are beginning a new teaching series today entitled Bridge of Hope and excited for this message series and uh, look forward to it for a long time. We've taught a lot of things since we've renamed the church over a year ago and we went through different sermon series entitled Bridge but a lot of them is Bridge to Nowhere. I can think back and remember some of those. And But today is Bridge of Hope. Everybody say Bridge of Hope. This is the first part of that message series. A bridge is a means we use to arrive at a new location, a place that almost seems impossible. I hope this message series will challenge where we are heading, both as a church and in our personal lives. Hope is what we wish for, but often our wishes are not in line with God's plan for our life. So to see hopes become a reality, we must add faith to the situation. Sometimes those situations at hand seem impossible. There's people in the room today that may be facing battles, whether in health, family, community, job site, wherever you're having problems. And I want us to have a bridge of hope that we arrive at those places that seem impossible. And I can assure you this, that if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. 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 We need to put that as an installment in our heart right now as a verse. If God be for you, who can be against you? So in doing that, I want you to look at your neighbor and real steadfastly and with a stern look on your face like you're very, very serious, say this to them. If God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. There ain't no devil in hell can stop me from God's plan in my life if I plan on traveling across the bridge of hope. Amen. Today I'm ready to set my feet on that bridge and take off walking, amen, and leave where I'm coming from and go where I'm heading to, amen? amen. Let's all make heaven our home and let that be our end goal. Thinking back through and as I was preparing for this message and trying to get it coined down to a very simple term, I went back to my preaching and the first message I ever preached in my life is it was at a youth group and Pastor Josh Sargent was up at Raceland at that time and 
youth group was thriving there at Raceland Church, and a lot of weekends we'd have 70, 80, 90, and I've seen over 100 kids on a Wednesday night show up for a youth group. And it was an amazing thing to witness, and because there was kids from Ashland School System, there was kids from Raceland, from Russell, from Wirt, down at Greenup, and there was kids from all over that were attending there together, and they had God single in purpose in their life. It's where I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in youth group. It's where I come to know God and uh, just all the different things and aspects that shaped me in my belief system. I was impacted by kids. And when I first got saved there, the kids were the one that prayed with me at the altar. I've told you guys that story before. And as I went over there that first Wednesday to kind of go hang out and see what the kids were doing, I was about 20-some years old, let's see, 66 to 99. So what is that, 76 to 99? 23, so I was 23 years old. But I'm over here hanging out with teenagers because they were well beyond my years in my belief. got good windage in here if we was deer hunting we'd know what that mean I thought it was my ear because I can't hear anything <laughs> my earplug fell out last night and after 30 laps I'm telling you I can't hear anything out of my right side today but as I was paying attention to these kids they were meeting on Wednesday and they would show up on Sunday mornings and they would be there at Sunday night church and and then often through the week, they would call a Bible study on Friday night and on uh, Saturday nights. A lot of times they would go to somebody's house and hang out and, and have a Bible study. I was doing laps. I was doing laps. So, and in those Bible studies, just because my age, it wasn't very long that the kids would be asking questions and they would look over at me for answers just because I was older. And that wasn't working because they would ask me for, where does it say this in the Bible? I'm like, yeah, I grew up in church. But I didn't memorize all this stuff. So it kindly put pressure on me to study the Bible more, to know more, because the Bible tells us to be able to give an answer to everybody that has a question of us. So I began to study the Bible. And, and I'm going to read you my first sermon's text that we're going to study here this morning. And as I began to do that, I, it was, I went through a prayer line that they had down at youth camp because I went and served at youth camp. And uh, Dusty and Albie need help this year, and they're going by themselves uh, up there with about 15 bunch of hoodlums, and I feel sorry for them. Everybody say amen. amen. Long retreat, trying to keep them in the water, out of the water, playing the sport that they're supposed to be playing and doing all the things they're supposed to be doing. So they're going to have a good time. But Pastor Josh asked me, he said, would you be willing to drive the bus? And, and take them to camp down in Louisville. We had camp at Louisville where we went to. And, and I said, yeah, that'd be fine. And he said, okay, I'll put you on earth truck load, a van load of boys. And I said, that's awesome. That sounds good. And because they kept them separated, the girls and boys. Everybody say amen. amen. <laughs> so I took all these boys. And there was a new song come out. And it was kind of Christian rap. And it was kind of new at that time, back in the late 90s. And 
And as I was going to this youth camp, this boy played the song, and I said, you know, I was trying to get along with him. I said, you know, I'll let you play whatever you want. And it was back in the days where we had a cassette player, and a lot of you teeny boppers don't know what that means, but there was actually a cassette tape, and it was one of the bands that had that, and you had a tape in there, but this boy had a CD player, and he was really cool, you know, because you got to be on the new age of things. And, and he had this CD little uh, Walkman-looking thing, and he, he would put a CD in there, and he played the same song from Raceland to Louisville. <laughs> if that won't set you up for a good week at camp, I don't know what will. I didn't like Christian rap, but I, I, I put up with it for them kids. And I got down there, and, and that first year that I, I attended was in 2000 at that youth camp. And, and the preacher was preaching, and he had this thing that he called a fire tunnel. And he laid up, and he got all the kids up, and he put the kids, and they joined uh, side by side, and they made a tunnel. So all the kids just started, you know, standing across from each other in this auditorium, and there was about 300 kids there. So the tunnel become 150 people long, and he had the adults to walk through that prayer tunnel. And the kids would lay hands on you as you was passing through. And he told you, don't stop. Just walk on through. Walk. They're going to lay hands on you, and they're going to pray for you as you go through there. And when a bunch of teenagers get on fire for God, you better watch out. Amen. Amen. How many wants to pray that kind of prayer that that happens at our youth group when they go this week and go to camp here in a few weeks? So it's going to be awesome. So Dustin and going to be tired. We're going to have that. It's a couple weeks away. But it's going to be a fun time for the kids. But I pray that their fire and their passion for God becomes a reality and they move forward in their faith because they need to cross the bridge of hope. That should be what our prayer is for them. So my first sermon was about faith. And the title of it was, It's Not Believing He Can, It's Knowing He Will. Amen. It's not believing he can, it's knowing he will. A lot of us believe he can. Right? We believe he can. God can do whatever he wants, right? But do you know that he will for you? Because when you internalize this and make it where it is a relationship between you and God, it becomes specific to you, and then that's when the knowing takes over. That's what faith is. So these verses I'm going to read to you is something that I just, it, it was the first verses really that I memorized that I really had a passion about that God spoke to me through these. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 is where we're going to read from. Hebrews 11, 1. It says, faith is the confidence that we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Sometimes we cannot see what we hope for. Amen? Faith brings that clarity in your eye where you can see, man, God's going to get me there. Amen? Whether it's us looking for heaven, amen, he's going to get us there. Can you see it? Some people say, well, I don't know what heaven's going to look like. Amen. Pray. Ask God. Show me. Because when you read about walls of jasper and gates of pearl and streets of gold, and when you begin to read about those things, let imagination that God's Spirit will not within you come to where faith is added to that. You'll be able to clarify and see those things. The angels, the trees, 
All the things, the lion laying down with the lamb, all the things that it depicts in Scripture, let us see that as a reality so that we know when we get there, hey, this is that place I've been thinking about for a long time. Amen? This is somewhere that I've set my, fa uh, my face to. This is somewhere that I've been thinking about a lot. Let faith come alive in the heart of the believer. Verse 2, through faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. How many would like to have a good reputation? Amen. A lot of us don't have. Amen. Whether it's our mouth getting in our way. Amen. Something's still happening, ain't it? That's what I was telling him that wasn't it. Okay. This wasn't it. I don't know. I'm not very patient. I'm sorry. God, give me patience. I hope for patience in this moment. I believe, God, you'll give me patience. Sorry, I'm playing. No, I'm not playing. God, give me patience. <laughs> Verse 3, by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. Do you believe that? God made it all. Amen. He owns the cattle on a thousand hillside. He owns the property that you have a deed to. You ha he has the uh, title to your car. It is all his. Everything I have, all my being, all our existence, every bit of it is his. Amen. He invented all this. He created all this because he formed it with his own hands. That, we, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. And God showed his approval in his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. Didn't even have to die. How awesome is that? For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Verse 6, this is my favorite verse in the Bible. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. But without faith, it's impossible to please God must believe that he is, that he will reward. How many in this room sitting here today thanks God for even existing? Amen? Amen. you got to believe that he exists and that he will reward you. He will reward you openly. Amen? When we humbly submit to his will. So the bridge of hope it's something that, as I thought about this message, and it starts today, and it took me back, and you know I began to think about 4th of July and how that we in our country are blessed and highly favored of God. Amen? Amy Brown's the only one that said amen. I said, as a country, we are blessed. Amen? And we're highly favored by God. So as I was thinking about Fourth of July, and I thought, well, you know, it's not really scripture, but I wanted to look at a few things about the Fourth of July and the Declaration of Independence, and I thought through some of those things. 
So first off, let's just start with happy 4th of July. Amen? Happy 4th of July. Not everybody is American, nor should they be. Everybody say amen. Imperialistic nations are not the answer to a free world. An overreaching federal government is not the answer to a free state. An overregulated state or commonwealth is not the answer to a free country. A burdensome county is not the answer to a free city. An overlording city is not the answer to a free home. A hard taskmaster as a parent is not the answer to free children. And as it comes down to that home, that's what we are in charge with. That's what we are entrusted with by God. And if you have children, you're blessed. Amen? Am I saying they're a burden, not a burden? They are a burden. Amen? You got to feed them. You got to put up with their stuff. Amen. Right, Kimmy? Yeah. I know she's sitting beside her. You can still answer. It's, it's okay. <coughs> All the teenagers sitting there thinking, ah, I wish you didn't say that about me. All you parents just shake your head and then just look over and say, You're a burden, but I love you. Now look at them, tell them, just say, You're a burden, but I love you. <laughs> Psalms 37 verse 26 says the godly always give generous loans to others and their children are a blessing the godly we ought to be godly people amen I'm calling you as a person that attends here at the bridge, that watches online as a person of the bridge, and just because you may sit in your home and watch, you're still part of us. Amen? And I pray that we all become godly people. No matter where we're at on our faith journey, whether we're just initiating those steps to walk towards God, that we would open our heart to receive him as our Lord, whether we just went through the, the physical act of water baptism, uh, proving our faith to God, to our community, or whether we've been in this thing for a long, long time, we need to become godly people. Leslie charged us last week, uh, stepped on our toes. Amen. Tell Leslie you love her, even though she picked on you. Amen. Yeah, so it was all right. But the godly always give generous loans to others. How many knows sometimes loans don't get paid back? Amen. <laughs> I don't like owing anybody anything. Amen. The Bible tells us oh, no man nothing save to love them. But sometimes when you loan people stuff, it's a good way to get rid of them. Hallelujah. Somebody come on and say amen. That's so true. I'm telling you, it'll be the best $20 you've ever spent in your life. If it's somebody that aggravates you and they come up and want to borrow you off of you, Jeremy, just hand them 20 Okay. 
Because I assure you, if they're a person that won't pay back, the next time you see them out here, you know, at the, at the restaurant or you see them at, 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 at the at, uh, dollar store or wherever you're walking, they'll go the other way. Amen. They won't look at you now. Now, hopefully nobody in here is like that. Hopefully you pay your bills. Look at your neighbor and say, pay your bills. <laughs> Amen. I'm just giving you a little tidbit of help there. in case. So if you give generous loans to others, it makes you godly. And their children are a blessing. Because when your kids see you give out of the abundance of your heart and sometimes even when it's hard to give, how many knows they're watching? Those little fellers over there in that nursery and across there in that room, they're watching you. And as you give, it's preparing their heart to go through a lifetime of knowing my goal is to help others. And that's how your children will be a blessing. Teach your kids to give. Amen. Not just to the church, not just to something. Give out of a generous heart because God loves a generous giver. Amen. A cheerful giver. He inspires us to give. And sometimes it's hard to not hold account to somebody because we look at them and say, well, if I was in their shoes, I would do this. And when people struggle, until you've ever walked in a mile in their shoes, you don't know the mile they're walking. Amen. So as Christian people, we should be people that helps others sometimes even when they take advantage of us. Amen. The church should be a place, a house of refuge and a place of abundance where that we can help those in need. So I, as I'm thinking about that, you know, last night there was a special little event there to races and, and the, Dustin asked me, you know, can, can you help sponsor the kids? He wanted to do something at halftime and all these little kids out there, and, you know, I don't know. There was probably, how many are there? There was a bunch. I mean, uh, bicycles. They had a bicycle race and then a little, what's that other thing? Uh, power wheels race. Whew. And even dads cheating and shoving their kids on the power wheels trying to get a jump start. It was awesome. Amen. I took my bicycle, and Brindley, my little niece, rode it and wore Leslie's helmet, and it was a good experience for her. But as I was there, you know, Dustin asked me if I could help, and, and I wanted to bring recognition to her church. So I, I begged Leslie, because she's got the checkbook, and I said, uh, I want to give to that. I, I, want, I want to give to it personally, and I want to do it in the name of the church. Amen? Because I want kids out there to know that whenever they got that $100 gift cards to McDonald's, how many be like be a kid about that tall and get a hundred dollar gift card to McDonald's? And that was for the power wheels one. And the little girl at one, she come walking over to me at the race car later after she'd won with her mommy. She stuck her hand out. She said, "Thank you." And if I don't bring joy to your heart when you give like that, you need a heart wake up. Amen? Amen? It brought joy to my heart because I got to say, congratulations. That's awesome. You won. You got a trophy. And can you imagine the stories that little girl is going to tell? She outrun boys. <laughs> Amen. Amen? 
even the cheater that showed his son out there to got to jump start the little girl out running. Amen. I loved it. I was cheering him on. It wasn't Earl Brown. <laughs> I'm sure Landon would have got in a power wheels if he'd had one, but if he's not, he didn't. So it's all good. Give so that your children are a blessing. I assure you, we don't know true freedom until we re receive the freedom from sin that only God can provide. My parents couldn't set me free. My city couldn't set me free. My county couldn't set me free. My state couldn't set me free. My nation can't set me free. My ethnicity can't set me free. Only God can set me free from sin. Amen. And the weight of sin on our shoulders will burden you down. And it, it, it is a constant, just a downtrodden force on you. Only God can liberate you from sin. Only God. John 8.36 says, If the Son therefore will set you free, you truly will be the children of liberty. King James says, If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Only God can free us from sin. I've got a couple of quotes here, and I want you to listen to these. This is George Washington. And he wrote this letter to a church several years after winning our independence. May the same wonder-working deity who long since delivering the Hebrews from their Egyptian oppressors planted them in the promised land, whose providential agency has lately been conspicuous in establishing these United States as an independent nation still continue to water them with the dews of heaven and make the inhabitants of every denomination participate in the temporal and spiritual blessings of that people whose God is Jehovah. He wrote that to a church, a denominational church, and told them to expect blessings across denominations. Amen. Denominations. And as a kid, I grew up in a non-denominational church right across from Miami and Earl's house out there, Hilltop Tabernacle. And it's a, it was a non-denominational. So I grew up my whole life, and there's a big wood-boarded sign out in front of that church that says non-denominational. <coughs> so I went through my life. Somebody, you go to school, and I went, where do you go to church? Uh, Hilltop? Is it Baptist? Nope. Are you Methodist? Nope. Episcopalian? Nope. Pentecostal? Nope. We're non-denominational. And I started saying this. I like being non-denominational because all they are is demon nations anyway. That's what denominations is, is demon nations. Amen. Everybody's quiet. I love all denominations. Amen. I could meet some Methodist preachers downtown, give them a big hug, a handshake, smile at them, and know, let them know that I love them. Amen. Amen. We've went down here and served with the Catholic Church right down the street right here, and we gave out food to people that didn't have food. We've done what we're supposed to do. We'll join forces with the Christian church downtown if they're cleaning up the city. Whatever it takes. Amen. 
to build the kingdom of God because it's bigger than any of us. Amen. So I'm all about the non-denominational because why? It's one big kingdom. And as George Washington was telling this denominational church there, God is bigger than the name over your door. Amen. The reason we have this liberty is so we have freedom of religion. Thank God for that. Amen. Ain't you glad that you can pick the church of your choice? And you know, when the 13 colonies were established, there were churches strung all across those colonies, and they were the Church of England. So prior to 1776, all the churches were built were built as the Church of England because England owned these colonies. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying about an overreaching, empirealistic government is not good for the world because England come over here to set up colonies and rule this land. But God intended for us to be free. Amen? Freedom of religion because I don't want to be in a church that's a church of the country because then they can dictate what is being said. So in these old churches, the Church of England that they set up, they, they brought about these things, and they had all these churches, you know, that they come over and set up colonies in Church of England. They built them all these churches. Well, next thing you know, there was a guy down in, in Virginia. He decided, you know what, even though it's prior to the revolution that there's things going on, he went ahead and set up his own church. He built his own church. He said, I've got my own finances, and his name was Carter. His last name was Carter, and they called him King Carter because he owned so much of Virginia. But he took his wealth and didn't just spend it on himself. He built a church that wasn't a church of England. It's in a place called Christ Church, Virginia. If you ever go to Jamestown, it's right north of it. If you ever go to Jamestown, I promise you, you want to go see this church. It's the only church standing in America today that is built pre-Revolutionary War. Because when we revolted, they burnt the churches down that was the Church of England. I've walked in it. I've looked at the pulpit. And it's amazing to see what somebody that set his face to do something different and cross a bridge of hope, of liberty. But when they put their finances on the line, it's a scary thing. Because those signers of the Declaration of Independence, they put their name on the line to say, I'm willing to die to see men set free. It's an amazing thing. So as George Washington is writing this, you need to think about that he'd already been through the war. He'd already seen all that. He knew where this church was. He was from Virginia, so he knew where this church was, Christ Church, Virginia. He had understood this, and I wonder often if he hadn't even attended there. But as he was saying there, he, said, he was talking about the, referring to the Jewish people that had been enslaved by Pharaoh and he was telling them that they had been set free by God. Sin is bondage. Amen? Amen? Salvation is freedom. I love my American freedom, but I love my Christianity freedom even more. 
Amen. I am glad that the Son of God set me free from my sin, took the weight of the world off my shoulders. And anybody that's ever been saved that's understood that, that you accepted Jesus to be Lord of your life, turned your life over to him, it's like a weight lifts off your shoulders in that instant. And you get up from an altar of prayer or a seat of prayer or riding on a lawnmower praying or driving down the road praying, wherever you pray, God will hear you. And he will set you free. And when that freedom comes, there's no feeling like it. Amen. Is there anybody in the house that's set free? Is there anybody here knows what I'm talking about? I am glad that that freedom come when God lifted sin off my life. But as he talked about these things, he was talking about these people set free as a people of Israel. And he's talking about it, and he's telling them. And it, just imagine this with me. It's because I see these bridges of hope, and I'm talking about these, that there's a bridge of hope. It happened to those children of Israel when God took them out. And, you know, Moses got them and take, took them off and took off on the journey through the desert there in Egypt. They'd heard about this place of their founding fathers were that they had been taken captive from. They willingly gave themselves up when they went down there during a famine. Don't sell yourself out. For earthly goods. Amen? Amen? Generations will be impacted. You hear me? Generations will be impacted if you sell yourself out for earthly goods. 400 years worth of captivity for this people group of Israel living in Pharaoh's dominion. But this is here that I thought about this. As they was traveling through that they come upon this water and it's known as the Red Sea. You've heard this if you've been around church very much at all. If you haven't, read the story. It's an amazing story. As Moses is taking them out and allowing them to head towards freedom. They get to this place and there's a big Red Sea comes up. And next thing you know, Pharaoh says, I'm going to go back. Yes, I let them go, but I'm going to go get them and I'm going to take them back into captivity. When the devil lets you go, finally when Jesus brings you out and gives you freedom, the devil don't like it. And he comes chasing you. And you come to these places in your life where that you walk upon this and it looks like an obstacle. I can't get across this. There's some things you cannot do. It's beyond your ability to do it. They got, and they got their feet, and I can imagine all of Israel and six million people deep, a lot of historians think, and six million people in a big pact getting to the water, and imagine hearing the army and the chariots coming behind you, and you don't even have a gun or a knife or anything to fight with. And you're standing there, and this obstacle's in front of me. And it seems impossible. Everybody say, but God. Amen. Stand there at that water and they look. And God tells Moses, take out that staff and plant it in the water. And the second he does, the Bible says that that water rolled back. Amen. There's a bridge of hope. Cross on over, children. Because guess why? When I tell you you're free, you're free. The obstacles will not stop you from the freedom I've given you. Six million people walk across can you imagine? No mud on their feet, it says. How awesome is that that God can make the impossible possible? I don't know what situation you're facing in this place this morning and there's people from all backgrounds and all age groups and all different things. Know to trust God in this place today. And the second they got to the other side, the Bible says, is the second that the last one of the six million walk out of there. 
And they put their feet on that ground on the other side of the Red Sea. And they're over there in the middle of a desert. That the Egyptians thought, yeah, we're going to go get them too. Because if God provided for them, we're going to go on through too. And they take off on their chariots and they go into this water. And guess what? The minute that the last one stepped foot out of that water, Rick, the Bible says, don't it, that that water engulfed them and collapsed upon them. The, the, the devil cannot chase you where God is taking you to. It's God's battle, not yours. Let him fight them. Stop fighting your own battles. A bridge of hope is one that God provides. Next thing you know, they go through all these years and 40 years of wandering in the wilderness and these people known as the Israelites, they, they didn't do it God's way. They murmured, they complained, they griped, they badmouthed Moses, the leader, they badmouthed. And even Moses' sister Miriam even badmouthed him. And they had to go in the wilderness for 40 years because they would not shut up and just listen to God. How many of us talk too much? I've been talking for 30 minutes and here I'm telling you not to talk. Amen. It's time for Pastor Ben to shut up, isn't it? But 40 years later, they come to this same type of experience again and it's called the River of Jordan. Same picture. Can't get over there. There's a promised land. Moses had saw it. And as Moses died on the hill, next thing you know, the new guy's taking over. And they're looking across that water and they're thinking, man, how am I going to get over here? And the waters roll back and they walk across on dry ground again. And they get to the other side. If God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. And they cross over to the other side. They get in the nation of Israel. And they think, man, the land of milk and honey. There's grapes this big. It's going to be awesome. Amen. we got these pictures in our mind of what all that it says in the Bible about this journey that they're on. And it's the same way in your life. They get over to the other side. And next thing you know, they come to this wall of this city. And God prepares them for battle and tells them, you know, you're going to have to fight for some things. But I'm going to be with you. I'm going to send angels to charge over you, and I'm going to tell you where to go, and I'm going to tell you what battle to fight and which one to stay back from. And they head up to the walls of this city known as Jericho. It seems impossible, doesn't it? Walls this high. that The, the walls were so thick that they could walk around and ride around on. Not a little bitty wall, a big wall. It seemed like a barrier that they could not cross. And as they stood here and looked at these walls, God told them to walk around and march around here, but you better be quiet, he told them. Don't say a word. And these children of Israel, they would walk around, and they did this. The seven days that he told them, be really quiet. Then on that seventh day, they walk around. How many times he tells them to go around? And he says, at a certain point, I'm going to tell you, we're going to blow the horn, and we're going to shout. Amen. We're going to shout. And whenever I shout, and I tell you to shout, the walls are going to come crumbling down. It's a bridge of hope. Amen. God will cause even your enemies to be at peace with you. Amen. And shouting at them and cussing them ain't going to work. Amen. You've tried that before. Let's do it God's way. Amen. Kill them with kindness. Amen. So they stand there to these walls and they shout and it does exactly what God said and these walls come crumbling down. The walls of Jericho. 
It's a bridge of hope. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These are quotes that I love. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, I love it, in 1963, Freedom is never given voluntary by the presser. It must be demanded by the oppressed. You must demand it, for it will not be given freely. Martin Luther King Jr. also believed that liberty most often comes to those who petition for it peacefully. 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 How many likes peace? How many sick of turmoil? Amen? Strife, envy, bitterness. Hateful words coming out of our mouth and we know they're wrong when we say them and we want to get them back, but we can't. Martin Luther King says, do it peacefully. You don't have to go and tear the capital down to get your freedom, amen? Peacefully assemble, do it the right way. No matter what party you're from, amen? No matter what your ethnic background is, do it peacefully. We live in a land of freedom because people saw that there's a God way of doing things. As Martin Luther King stood up on the lawn and they had that peaceful assembly, and I wasn't alive, this is years before I was ever born. He said this during his message that day of I have a dream speech. He said, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Galatians 5.13 is the verse for today that it said in our app, on the Bible app. If you don't have the Bible app, I, I implore you, download the Bible app so it gives you a verse today that will pop up on your screen that will encourage you and strengthen you in your faith. It says, Galatians 5.13 says, for brethren, you have been called into liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. If everybody here would stand with me. Sing that, Leslie. Let's, let's just sing for a minute. I know we're a minute or two over, but it's a holiday weekend and you got time. What are you struggling with in here today? This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight 
We've got people sitting in the room that attends middle school, high school. Got people entering into the 20s, going into the employment and different things, and everybody in this room. We got people retired. We got empty nesters. We got all age groups sitting here present with us today, and we're not facing the same thing. And it may seem like you're surrounded, and it seems like the enemy is coming in and closing in on you, but today, close your eyes, open up your spiritual eyes. And look for a bridge of hope. Whatever you're facing. If God delivered the children of Israel, he'll deliver you. Bible says in Romans that God is no respecter of persons. He don't care about anybody else in this room any more than he does you. He cares about us all the same. We're all his kids. I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Let that be your prayer right now. Let that be your prayer right now. Everybody sing this. Whether you can sing or not, I can't sing a lick. My voice is gone. It don't matter if it is or not, but I'm going to sing anyway. This is how. Now I fight my battle. Lift up your voice. Now I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Yes, God. Everybody sing this loud. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. You're declaring this to God. It may look like I'm surrounded by the enemy, but right now I'm feeling God in this place. My situation, it's, it's, it's fading away. Why? Because I'm focusing on God. I'm surrounded by Him. Like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. There's people watching online right now. You can sense God right there in your home. You're facing situations. And there's battles going on. And the enemy of your soul seems like it's trying to tear you apart. Sing where you're at. You don't have to be here. He knows where you're at. He'll find you right there on your couch. The ones in this room, let's encourage them or watching online. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. You don't know what your neighbor's facing right now. Maybe your words, if you're not singing, you need to be singing right now. Maybe your neighbor needs to hear you telling that God is with me. 
that God is here for us today. If you've never sang before in church, this is a good opportunity because a lot of people are singing. You may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I fight my battles. Yes, God. What are you hoping for? Is your hope godly? Have you added faith to the recipe? Don't just believe he can. No, he will in this instant. If you have never turned your life over to Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, right now would be a good time just to say, God, be the Lord of my life. I'm ready to surrender to you. Fight my battles for me, God. Surround me, oh God. I come into the fold of your church. I want to be a part. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. Put your arm around your neighbor that's there with you. Maybe everybody needs a hug in this place today. Just sing with Put your arm around them. Let's just sing together. Yes, oh God. Break loose in this house, God, and set us free, oh God. down through that parking lot and I pray that your feet feel like you're walking on clouds that liberty has set you free that God has set you free from the bondage of sin and all the weight of the world that's on your shoulder today I pray as we walk out of this place today that there is a new lease on life and we can walk out in our communities and declare the goodness of God Amen, Amen, Amen Amen, we're going to go, we're going to love God we're going to love people because that's what we're called to do Come back next week. Bring somebody with you. Add faith to your hope. And let's go across the bridge. You're dismissed.